second one in third. All right, there we go. Um, so who can guess what our sermon's going to be about today? Some people can watch videos and make deductions. Um, we, all month long, are going to be working through this idea, and probably awkward idea, of dating. And what that looks like in our everyday lives. Because the reality is, whether you are dating, whether you have dated, whether you will date, whatever phase of, of date you're in, it's a thing. And it's real. And it's tough to navigate because it's like super confusing. Because as old as I look, I once dated. <laughs> Soak that in. Process it. It was a thing. We didn't have the snappy chatty, but uh, we used the telephone to call people and invite them to places to eat. <laughs> yeah, it is. It was really cool. In fact, for real, when I started dating, there was like landlines. So like, I'd be like... I'd be like, hey, well, no, but, like, they, I didn't have a cell phone when I was young. So I was like, hey, um, can I get your home phone number? And they'd be like, sure. And I'd be like, Brrr. and they'd be like, they're like, mom or the dad would answer me, like, what the heck, can I talk to somebody else, please? And then you had to ask for, the, like, for your date awkwardly. And then, like, they had the chance that, like, they could pick up the other line and, like, listen to everything. So you guys, you don't even know. Like, land life, that was hard. Dating game was at a whole nother level. It's like, you want to, <clears throat> I know your dad's listening, but do you want to go get coffee or something? No big deal. It's cool. I'll just respect you across the phone line if you want me to. But um, anyway, so dating, even though, even though I did it in my archaic time, I'm going to, okay, so all jokes aside, it's not gonna be, it's, this should be funny, but I'm going to do what's called um, express vulnerability, which means I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about my life, get real for a second, some stuff that might have happened. Um, you are allowed to laugh, but not too much because um, it's real life. And you're also not allowed to judge. I mean, you can judge, but you just can't hold it against me in moving forward. So anyway, I had dated when I was younger, and my first serious relationship started when I was about 15 years old. And um, I was like, this is it. This is my forever. It was all dramatic. Um, I was like, we're going to be together for all of time. And... Um, so we had a horrible relationship, super toxic, nobody got along, it was really unhealthy. And um, one time, I, th I like to think that I was the level-headed one in the relationship, so like one time, we're having an argument, and at this point we're 16, and so she has a car, I have a car, everybody has cars, which is a mistake. Um, <laughs> she has a car, and we're arguing, and she's like, I'm leaving, and I'm like, don't leave me. It was super, like I said, very dramatic point in my life. So she gets in her car, and she starts like backing out, and I'm like, no baby, don't go. And I'm literally like, I can't make this up. I'm straight up like, no, right? So I want you to all vision this, right? And you know what she does? Can't make this up. She goes, and she hits me with a car. I straight up get hit. I roll onto the hood of this girl's car, and she's just booking it. I'm like on the hood, like, ah, like, and she's just, it was a Honda Prelude, pretty quick car, I'll be honest. Learn that. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I'm just bringing the interactive experience in, and you're welcome. So anyway, I'm just cruising down the street on my girlfriend's hood while she revs it in her rage fit. And so I'm panicking. Things are going wrong quickly. Um, well, this started to take place in front of my home. So when she finally does, like, slam on the brakes, and I do this whole, like, topple off the hood thing, and I'm, like, like limping home because I just got hit by a car, I, it's, you're welcome. This is real life. 
This was my reality. So I limp home, and my parents were like, hey, so what just happened? Because we saw you get hit by a car through our window. And like, that's not okay. And so, but I'm 16, and I'm in love, and this is forever. And so I was like, Mom, you don't understand. It's not her fault. <laughs> she didn't know what she was doing. Um, anyway, and so I literally, I don't know how I did this, master of communication, apparently, because I talked my parents off of the ledge, and they were like, I guess you can keep dating her if that's what you want to do, because this broken little brain was like, I love her, and this is forever. Um, and so, yeah, I kept dating her for probably another few months. Um, and then uh, the unthinkable happened. We were arguing in my driveway. <laughs> Can anybody guess what she did next? She hit me with her car again. <laughs> this time was significantly worse. So this is what happened. Um, we pull into my driveway, and I'm like, hey, we should stop fighting, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, get out of my car. I've always hated you. And I was like, well, that's unfortunate. And so I open the door, and I go to step out of the car, and she books it in reverse. So I get swept by the door. She's just dragging me back. I'm like hanging on to the door. This is where it gets bad. This, this one actually was kind of a bad situation. There was another car behind us. So she, the door pins me between the two cars. And then it got real. I was like, ah, I'm dying. I'm screaming. And then she's like, oh, this might be a problem. Hitting people with motor vehicles is actually super dangerous and illegal. And so then I, like, fall to the ground, and I'm, like, screaming in pain. Um, this leg turns black, like, instantly. Like, she busts all kinds. And I'm like, ah. So I'm just, like, laying in the street. She starts crying. She's like, oh, my God, I'm a monster. And I'm like, yeah, kind of. Um, <laughs> needless to say, guess who's there again? Parents. So my mom drives in the or pulls into our driveway, sees me, ah, sees her, ah, sees car, puts it all together, and she just runs up like, mm-mm, you need to go, Bobo. And like the problem was, this was a pretty like embarrassing situation for the whole family because I'm wailing in the street. And so like the neighbors are like, oh, what's going on? And there's a kid wailing in the street. And so like people start coming out. My, my very close next door neighbor like runs over because he was like a surgeon. He was like looking at my leg like, oh, good news is you're not going to die. And I'm like, ah, it feels like it because it was horrible. And um, guess what I did after that? I kept dating her <laughs> because I didn't use my brain. So. We all had a great laugh, and I'm nice and shamed publicly, and you should, none of you should lead by my example, but I want to say that I'm not alone in this problem. Um, someone from our wonderful text lived a similar line of mistakes, and his name is Samson. Who's heard of Samson? I feel like more people should have heard of Samson. He was kind of a big deal. So Samson... That's right, you did. So anyway, I'm going to let you on a little secret. More, more vulnerability, me shaming myself. Hang in there, guys. We're only getting started. Um, Samson used to be my favorite character because he was, like, known for being, like, basically like a swole cat. Like, he just ripping lions open, like, beast mode and everywhere. So, like, I thought Samson was the coolest, and apparently so too much so because I made a lot of similar mistakes. So Samson... Um, was born in this time 
where Israel was free, but Palestine was kind of being mean. They were like the bullies around the block. And so the Israelite people were always getting messed with, always getting, you know, pushed down and, and beat up on. And so this was called the period of the judges, okay? And so basically the judges, because there was no kings, there was no official ruler over Israel, the judges were these people that would come up and, and rule or, or take charge or give military orders or whatever their role would be to kind of help guide Israel, right? Is that what you guys were just laughing about, how the judges worked? Yeah, hang in there. Um, so anyway, the judges ruled Israel in these times. And so Samson was a judge. And so much so that God came to Samson's parents and was like, listen, Samson's going to be something special. So no drinking the alcoholic beverages, no doing anything unclean, and never cut his hair because he's going to be dedicated to me, dedicated to God. And so that's what Samson did. He, he, he grew his hair. He never had alcohol. His parents never, his mom never had alcohol. And he grew up dedicated to God. But the problem was Samson had a little problem too, and it was with the ladies. Um, so our first piece of scripture is going to come from Judges 13. Yep, 14. I lied. So Samson went down to Timnah, and there in Timnah, a woman caught his eye, a Philistine girl. So if you guys remember what I just said, it's literally their enemy. Like the people that you're fighting with currently, having tension with currently. Anyway, Philistine girl. He came back and he told his father and his mother, he said, I saw a woman in Timnah, a Philistine girl. Get her for me. As my wife. So he is just strolling around and he's like, oh, that's, that's it. Boom. I want to marry her forever. And he goes to his parents, and his parents are like, yeah, that's like, you guys, you get that that's like our, our, our rival. This is our enemy. Like, you shouldn't, you shouldn't date her. Well, they didn't really do, like, the whole, like, official dating like we do. There was no Starbucks. Nobody was Snapchatting. Like, hey, what's the good? That didn't happen. Um, but he wanted her as his wife. And the problem is his parents were like, hey, don't do that. That's a terrible idea. Similar to my parents being like, you shouldn't date someone who hits you with a car. But what did Samson do? Can anybody guess? He went and dated her. Yeah, he did. So he started, he, yeah, he, he, well, he went to take her as his wife, and there was this big ceremony. And before the ceremony, he had, he had posed a riddle to his, his group of guys that were around him. They were all Philistines. And the wife was approached by those guys. And they were like, hey, give us the answer to the riddle so we can get all that cash out of Samson and we'll uh, not kill you, basically. That was the deal. And so she was like, deal. And so she, she, she kind of pokes and prods and pokes and prods. And finally she gets it out of him. And the guys come up to Samson and we're like, we know your riddle. And Samson's like, it's because of my wife because she's the only person I told. And so he gets mad and he might have killed a lot of people. And then he left. And then she went and married his best man. And you know what he does? He comes back by and he's like, hey, can I, uh, can I see my girl? And they're like, no, she, she went and got married to your best man. And then he got mad. And he, he might have killed some more people and set some stuff on fire. He didn't process his feelings as well as some. Um, so then we keep rolling. Samson's doing his thing. He's judging. He's leading. He's living his life. And that's when we jump into scripture again. Again. 
again. Again, oh, that's less attractive than I was hoping. So sometime later, he fell in love with a woman in the valley of sorts whose name was Delilah. Everybody know about Delilah life. The rulers of the Philistines went to her and said, wait, 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 listen, this is kind of like, like the crutch point of the story, so you should totally pay attention. Oh, Oliver, can you, you, you want to pay attention with me? It's a team effort. You know, we're all here together. Anyway, Philistine rulers came up and they said, see if you can lure him into showing the secret of his great strength and how we can overpower him so we may tie him up and subdue him. Each one of us will give you 1,100 shekels of silver. So that's like, that's like bank rolls, guys. Like that's, that's real money. So what do you think Delilah, his loving wife, did? Well, no, she didn't, she didn't cheat on him. So she tries to get his secret out because the reason that the Philistines couldn't overpower him was because he was like a swole-cast soldier, right? Like he, he, he was tough and like, yeah, listen, you can, you can use that later if you want. Swole-cast soldier. I don't know if that's a thing. It won't catch on. Anyway, um, so the first time she's like, what, what's the secret of your strength? And he like makes something up. He's like, you got to tie me up with like special rope. Like, you, didn't, you can't use this rope anywhere. It's got to be special rope. And so she does it. She ties him up. And then she's like, the Philistines are here. And he's like, boom, busts these ropes. And she's like, oh, you lied to me. And at no point was Samson like, yeah, but you just tied me up. And then tried to, like, turn me up. So anyway, we keep rolling. And he's like, it wasn't those kind of special ropes. It's these special ropes that have never been used for work. Those work ropes, they don't work. But if you use non-work ropes, those hold me down. So what does she do? She ties him up again. And again, is like she gets like the Philistine people ready. And she's like, the Philistines are here. And he's like, busts out. And he's like, you, you, what? And then, hang with me here. She turns it around on him. She's like, you're so mean for lying to me, even though I just tied you up and tried to turn you over. But you, you're a fibber. And it hurts my feelings. How do you tell me that you love me? You, you won't even tell me how to kill you. Um, so then... He's like, all right, all right, you got to put my hair into a loom, which is like the way they like made clothes back then and other things because this doesn't just happen. Um, and so she does it again, and then she's like, the Philistines are here, and he just gets up, he breaks the loom, and, and she's like, you are such a liar. I'm so mad at you. Let me just subdue you because that's normal in relationships. And she nags and nags and nags and nags, and you know what Samson finally does? He tells her his secret. He tells her that he has been set aside for God, and so a razor has never touched any hair. So he's got beautiful locks, probably a gorgeous beard like I used to have, um, but just like my wife <laughs> cut my beard. Um, no. Sorry, I'm, I'm processing guilt up here and, and grief. Um, so yeah, so what does she do? She cuts his hair off, and what happens? The Philistines come in, they take him, they gouge his eyes out, and then they keep him in prison. Until finally, in a very epic, glorious battle, he dies. He kills a bunch of Philistines. It was pretty, pretty, pretty gory. So what did Samson do wrong? Any other? Okay, so he let, let a girl repeatedly tie her up, fell for what? Come on, give me some ideas here. What you got? Led himself by his eyes. That's, I mean, it's kind of accurate. What else we got? Mary, 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 Mary
married the wrong person. What you got, Quarterman? You took your shirt off already? Boom! Quarterman nailed it. He stopped thinking. He got so caught up in beauty and the relationship and whatever else that he stopped using his brain. And that's similar to the, the pitfalls that I fell into, that probably a lot of your life group leaders fell into. I'm sure Sam, Sam seems like he fell into that a lot, like so much. Probably more than like the average person should, and I've been hit with a car. So, so anyway, the, the problem is it, it's real. It's real. When we get into relationships, we have this tendency to break up with our brains. And that's what I'm here to tell you guys, is you can't break up with your brain. So I, I made this beautiful little, don't break up with your brain. It's that simple. I did it. Samson did it. Sam did it all the time. Because relationships, they're confusing and they're messy. But I don't want y'all to be hit by cars. I don't want your eyes to be gouged out. Well, yeah, we're, all, I mean, we're not always too late. But, but this, is the, this is the point, guys. Is I'm not telling you guys not to date. Come on, stay with me. We're like, we're nearing, there's a light and there's a tunnel and we're heading towards it. So stay with me. I'm not telling you guys you can't date. I'm certainly not telling you guys to avoid people named Delilah, even though history would show maybe that's a good idea. But I am telling you guys that we have to think. When it comes to relationships, when it comes to being in relationships and how we pick our relationships and where we want our relationships to go, we have to think. So how do we do that? Well, I, when I was thinking about this and pondering this, you guys remember like the five W's? What is that from? English, right? I was looking, I was, I was looking at Jen because she was an English teacher. The five W's, and I think they apply here. Who, what, when, where, and most importantly, why? I don't want to talk about how. I said the five W's. I didn't say no H's. I left the H out of it. Um, so listen, guys. When it comes to dating and it comes to keeping your brain involved in the relationship, think of these five W's. Who? Who are the people we're looking at dating? Are we talking about dating them, honestly, just because they're attractive? As Robbie so elegantly put, he led with his eyes. No, no, it's, no, it's good. It's good. Or are we dating them because of their social standing or because they were good at football or something? I remember, um, well, I'm not going to put them on blast, but someone in here did really good at football and was getting hit up all the time because he was good at football. So the who? Why are we choosing the people that we're choosing? Are they people that we genuinely have connection with? Are they people that are going in the same ways that we want to go? Do they have goals and and, and admirations that, that mirror yours, that go in the same direction as yours. Then the, the what? What does this relationship look like? What is our goal? What is our objective? What are our limits? What are our boundaries? What are the things that we can discuss using our brain to set up parameters for a genuine, healthy relationship? So there's who, there's what. Now when? When is big too? Are we rushing? Are we rushing to date? Are we rushing the relationship? Are we rushing things? What is the win that we're thinking of? What is the goals that we're trying to meet? Why are we rushing things? Why are we always rushing? I remember when I was younger, the, before I had my first anything, 
I was just like, I just got to date someone just to say I did it. Like, I just, anybody? I'd be like, hey, hey, hey. All right, 0 for 3. All right, going home. <laughs> but no, I mean, I was rushing it. It's not a time trial. Go back to that who. It's not a rush. It's the who. The who, what, when, where. Where is big. Because this goes into those boundaries and those parameters. We can choose to go on dates and we can choose to be in locations and places that set us up for success in our goals and our boundaries, or we can choose to push those. And we could choose to take it to places that maybe we didn't want to go. So think about the where. And this one is the most important for me, and it's why. And you guys, I encourage you to ask this at every stage of everything you do in your relationship. Why? Why did you pick this person? Why are you with them? Why are you doing what we're doing? Why? What is our goal? What are you trying to achieve? What is motivating the relationship? Because the why behind it is the most important part. And I can't express that enough. Because there's a lot of things that go into dating. And I'll be honest with you, insecurity, huge part of dating. The rush, the adrenaline, there's a lot of stuff that can get messy and mixed up. But when we take the time to say why before we send a text, or why before we make a decision, or why before we make a phone call, we can really self-evaluate and make sure that the choices that we're making line up with our goals, line up with our relationship goals, and most importantly, line up with our goals of who we want to be as people of God. This is huge, guys. Um, so something we're going to do completely different um, in this sermon series is we're not going to preach every sermon. So this is a little sermonage thing going on here. But what I want to do now is instead of our normal 120 seconds where we just think about how we're going to apply this to our life, think about what Jesus is saying to us, instead what we're going to do is I want you guys to think of questions. How do we thoughtfully go about this process? What kind of things do we need to ask ourselves? What kind of boundaries do we need to set? What questions do we have about how we should go about dating? Because there is a ton of questions. Does everybody have questions in here? I have questions like all the time. So what we're going to do is Jen's got the Sharpies. Good, because I forgot them. I'm going to pass out. Well, actually, I'll come up and get them because that sounds like a way better idea. We're going to pass out these cards that say, don't break up with your brain. And on the back of these cards is this question. And I want you guys to take this opportunity while we take our 120 seconds to come up and write down questions or concerns or real problems that you've had that you want to talk about here. And we're going to take in all these questions. You can also, is that, what is that, your Google, Google thing? What is that? Just say, say your words. So see that number up there? You can text that number if you don't want to write it down. Because that's the thing. Don't prank text Sam. It's, I mean, you can maybe a little. But, but yeah. Um, you can email. You can write it down and drop it off in this little box. And it'll be totally anonymous because this koala ain't talking to nobody. Okay? Isn't it a koala? Isn't that right? Okay, it is a koala. So yeah, that koala ain't talking. But seriously, I invite you guys. This is a safe opportunity for us to explore the idea of dating, to explore what relationships are supposed to look like, and to explore, most importantly, how we do this 
as followers of Jesus. How relationships look as followers of Jesus. Does everybody get that? Everybody down with this? All right. We have 120 seconds. I invite you guys to come up, grab a card, write down questions, or text them. And then I'm going to pray. It's 120 seconds. Y'all come up.